1: Rick's Martini Bar. I'm Jerry McCarty here with the lovely Kelly Maroney. And today we have one of Kelly's former co-stars, the great Tony O'Dell. Thank you for being here, Tony.
2: That's great to be here. That's
1: awesome. We are at the beautiful Beverly Hills Hotel and we're talking talk to Tony. We got a lot of things to talk about. Famous for so many things. We got head of the class. We've got the great um, chopping mall with Kelly Marani mm-hmm. and we, we got lots of stuff we can talk about in Karate Kid oh gosh there's so much stuff Tony but it all started you're a local guy here which is very rare yeah, for, yeah. for uh, Los Angeles yeah. so tell us how you got your start
2: well, I'm born and raised in Pasadena California nice. um, someone when I was a kid said to my parents oh you got to get your son into acting and they're like no no he doesn't know anybody we don't know anybody in acting it's not gonna happen so I kind of kept that in the back of my mind, and I thought, well, how can I rebel, you know, be a rebel against my parents and one day become an actor? Because it's something they wouldn't, didn't want me to do. But I knew I loved it, and I was 16 years old, and I went to go see a play, Annie, Get Your Gun. Oh, yeah. And um, I went home and told my mom that I wanted to become an actor. Uh, You know, they, in high school, wanted us to know what we wanted to do for the rest of our lives. I had no clue what I I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I was 16 years old. So I went to see this play, and I decided then I was going to be an actor. I told my mom, don't ever tell your mom when she's vacuuming. She'll run you over with the vacuum cleaner. Uh, I then went to a couple of uh, summer classes at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts um, West Coast. Wow. And... um, Found out how to submit my picture and resume to agents. I only sent out to four. Uh, one was an agency at the time called the Mary Grady Agency. She um, brought me in. I had just turned 18 years old. I looked like I was about 12. <laughs> and she signed me. Yeah. And uh, that's how it started. Wow,
1: wow, wow. And uh, just so everybody knows, you can uh, follow Tony by going at Tony O'Dell on Twitter. But when I look at your IMDb, I can tell somebody that's that people get along with because you did a lot of like returns and a lot of things. You did a lot of TV series where you came back, they, they would have you back. So I'm guessing that secret is you just show up on time, you do your job and you don't create waves. Right I really now. think
2: that is the key. I think aside from knowing what you're supposed to be doing, knowing what your, you know, your job is and what your role is or whatever. I always tell uh, my clients who I coach to show up, be pleasant to deal with, mm-hmm. Show up on time. Don't have your cell phone on set, <laughs> which happens a lot nowadays. You know, when the director's trying to talk to you, don't be sitting there right. and tweeting while the director's talking to you. Right. But to show up, do your job, and be pleasant to work with. Mm-hmm. That's I awesome.
3: can actually vouch for that. To- working with Tony was one of the nicest experiences of from ev- anything that I've ever done. Thank
2: you, Kelly.
1: Yeah, and I and I saw Tony with the cast of Karate Kid, and you guys all got along. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Billy Zabka and you and, uh, and yeah all we've all been all. like
2: brothers all this time I mean I wasn't even supposed to be the fifth Cobra Kai there were only four that were picked and then I, when I walked in the room John Avildsen liked my look and he said I want you to be the fifth Cobra Kai you're not going to say or do a whole lot but your pay is going to be just the same I said I'm in <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> um, but we've all been like brothers ever since we've all stayed very close
1: and some of your first early TV series, was Chips your first thing that you did? or
2: Chips was my first TV role. Uh, Good Luck, Miss Wyckoff was my first film. That is when I got my SAG card. Nice. Um, and, and you did uh, a
1: family, too. One I did an episode
2: shows. of Family, which is where I first met Christy McNichol. Love Christy um, McNichol. We then... Uh, did a movie of the week called Blinded by the Light Oh really? Uh, which was a movie where she got sucked into a, Her brother Jimmy got sucked into a cult And she had to go into the cult and get him out wow. I was one of the cult members Nice um, But Chips was the first TV role uh, General Hospital was the first soap role And Good Luck Miss Wyckoff was oh. the first film role Wow
3: They call in a short space of time
2: they were all in a short space of time they were all by the time i was 18 or 19. then at 19 i got a semi-regular role in eight is enough oh nice um as one of tommy bradford's uh classmates and band players and then in 1980 i was um a semi-regular in dynasty
1: oh really that's right I Remember
2: that hey so, we gotta
1: take our first commercial break unfortunately there's so much more to get to but we will be back with the great Tony O'Dell and Kelly Maroney we will return at Rick's Martini Bar.
0: Let's swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined And the men have good taste We are
1: back at Rick's Martini Bar and I'm Jerry McCarty here with Kelly Maroney and Tony O'Dell. And Now we're going to talk some one of my favorite things here, which is the great Chopping Mall, oh, or yeah. as it was known, Tony. What was it known in Mexico as?
2: Absolutely. Oh, robots.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ases. <Kill> that.
2: Asesinos. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nada podía fol- follar como la mejor fuerza de asurigard del mundo, pero se dio <laughs>
1: Nice, that's good
2: I'm just reading it. I have and, no and, clue. And,
1: and the, my, my favorite um, Mexican title, you know what Greece is called in Mexico? No. It was released as El Veselino. Mm. <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones.
2: That's great.
1: <laughs> but anyway, Kelly and Tony were in uh, this movie called Killbots. So Kelly, tell them how it went from Killbots to Chapping Mall, which is a great time. Yeah,
2: I'm not even sure I know this.
3: Okay, we all signed up to do a film called Robot. Which we all thought was going to be kind of a classy production because Robert Short was doing the robots, right? And he'd done Daryl Hannah's tail and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. really impressive things. We were going to be shooting at the Beverly, uh, that the other Beverly. M- oh, Beverly, Beverly, Beverly
2: Center. Center, yeah.
3: Right, which is why you see it in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after we all got the part and everything, we're all pretty excited. And I, you know, I met Tony, and he was, you know, that was great. And probably, you know, I, I loved everybody. It's going to be a class act. Next thing I hear, it's going to be called Killbots. I'm I'm mad, you know. (laughs) But we roll with it. We roll with it. And then um, they released it as Killbots, and it was not uh, attracting any attention. It wasn't selling. And Roger said, what are we going to do? It's a good movie. I can't figure out why nobody wants to see it. You know, nobody's buying it. And they said it's the title. And uh, so they were in the editing room, and they said, what are we going to call it? What are we going to call it? And as legend has it, the maintenance guy was standing behind them doing something else and he goes, Why don't you call it chopping mama? And they went, That's it. Nobody gets chopped, but
2: is smart. It was smart. Do you and guys it's all remember your
1: auditions
3: for that? I do because I almost didn't get the part. I auditioned for Jim and it went great. I was really relaxed and everything and then when I had to come back for um
2: I have no what's clue. Her, what's her name? I don't remember. <laughs> it's too long ago.
3: <laughs> um and I, I started to get nervous because I heard that she wanted somebody else for the part. And I let it spook me. And Jim's like, what's the matter with you? What's the, you know, chill out, chill out. And as it turned out, I ended up getting it anyway. Julie Corman. <laughs> um, I ended up getting it anyway because this girl uh, was Mormon and she didn't want to swear. Oh. And as it turned out, I didn't do any swearing in that movie. No, you didn't. No. So, Tony, do you remember yours?
2: Um, I remember going in uh, for Ferdy, and I remember Jim liking me from the get-go, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like, yeah, you're kind of Ferdy. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember – I don't remember half the things that she remembers <laughs> from the film. I don't know why it is. I can't remember Um, a, a lot of the specifics. Of course, it was uh, thir- 30 years yeah. ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah 29 years ago. But um, – yeah, he just liked me, and I remember. I think I had one other audition after that, a for, callback.
3: For Julie, so she could see you. Yeah,
2: and that was it. Wow. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I heard that too. I think he, I think I remember him saying, "There's Tony came in. And it was it. That was the easiest casting I ever did. It was just he just did it." And how long was the whole shoot?
1: You, know, you guys remember
2: how long? Four to six weeks. Yeah, it was,
3: yeah. It was short
2: period of time.
3: Which was short for then. It's not that short for now, when they can do movies in you know thirteen days. And they do. And yeah. do do that, but. Um, for, the, for us we were going like a house
2: on fire the Sherman Oaks Galleria when it wasn't closed all night shoots so we put the foil over our windows so we could sleep during the day mm-hmm. and um and yeah we spent our nights running around the Sherman Oaks Galleria and whenever we weren't in scenes falling some corner yeah. of the floor in the Galleria Just to crawl up like, and like yeah. Gerbils yeah and try
3: to get a little rest in
2: yeah
1: uh,
3: do you, do you
1: um, when you guys were both running around playing hot teenagers, do you remember any of the other actors that were like you would see on auditions all the time? Anybody that we know now that you'd, you'd see?
3: Robert England used to audition oh, yeah. with me all the time. Freddy okay, Krueger. Freddy Krueger. And I didn't really realize, he told me that. He said, don't you remember me? I was, we would always show up in the same offices. And then he goes, I had a big red fro at the time. And then I remembered him. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. You know who I used to audition uh, and used to see all the time in auditions um, was Matthew Perry. Oh, really? And it was really funny because I remember I went in for Head of the Class, which was uh, the series I did starting in 1986. And um, it was between three of us for the role of Alan Pinkard in Head of the Class. And we were at the network and uh, Matthew Perry was there. I ended up getting the role, and after that, he would come on the set of Head of the Class to kind of like visit some of us because he was friends with some of the other actors. And he used to always kind of feel like a little awkward because you know it's always awkward when yeah. it's like, you know, Didn't get the yeah, you're mutual friends, you know, and you, you know, of course, you're the one that wants the role, and, and, and I got it, but it's like, oh, you know, kind of had that feeling of, uh, yeah. oh, well, sorry, you know, but. After a while, I no longer felt bad for the guy because he got friends and made millions and millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> so, so
1: close to being reversed. Yeah. But that's a perfect. Yeah, I'm not
2: point worried about stop. Matthew Perry anymore. That's
1: a perfect yeah. point to stop because we have to take another commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have one more segment with the great Tony O'Dell and Kelly Moroni. We'll be back at Rick's
0: Martini Bar. <laughs> Let's swing on down to Ricky's Place, where the girls are refined. And the men have good taste. We are
1: back at Rick's Martini Bar with the great Tony O'Dell and the lovely Kelly Maroney. So we're going to let Kelly take this over. We've got two actors talking. I love this.
3: Me too. (laughs) Hit it, Kelly. All right. So I've been curious, what was your audition like for Head of the Class?
2: Okay, for Head of the Class, I went in, and the very first time that I actually did the audition. I knew that I didn't do great. Um, there was a really, really big speech about the uh, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and it, it just you know one of those days where you go in and it's just not happening for you. You don't right. feel good or whatever the reason is. So my agent calls me back about three weeks later, and she says you're going for a callback. And I said a callback for what? And she goes for head of the class. And I said no, 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 no. They already brought guys to the network yesterday. And she said. The network didn 't like any of them you 're going back again. I thought now 's my chance to go in and do a great job. So I went in, I nailed it, and the executive producer said to me, "Where have you been?" Aww. And I said, "Well, actually, I was in here three weeks ago, but i don 't <laughs> think you guys would remember and he said, "You were and I said, "Yeah, I had read with Howard Hessman in the room, and they said well we 're going to see with the network tomorrow." I went into the network. It was between myself and Matthew Perry and another actor at the time named Lance Sloan and um, wow. that was it. An hour and a half later I was eating at the Hard Rock Cafe. I went to call my agent. She kept me on the phone for about five minutes asking me you know, how the experience went and if I thought that I did good and oh, this and no. that. And at the end of it oh. she said well, I'd say you're pretty right because you got it. Oh. She was totally setting me up. Oh. She knew I had gotten it and that was the history of Head of the Class did that for five seasons and 114 episodes.
3: Wow. Yeah. And had some great experiences.
2: Great experiences during Out of the Class. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's great. It's, it's, my agent did that to me one time, too. I called up, and, and he said, what happened?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I said, what do you mean, what happened? He's, he said, what happened? You just tell me what happened. And I, I was retracing my steps, panicking, going, I thought it went really well. And he was, well, you're right. It did. You got it. But,
2: yeah. They, yeah. Oh. yeah. They love to play that game with yeah. you.
3: Yeah. yeah. So one thing I've always been curious about, now, and we've mentioned it before, but this is really true and it bears repeating. You are one of the most consummately professional people. You just know that when Tony's there, that he's going to be prepared. He's going to be sharp. He's going to be on time. He's going to take care of everybody else. Everybody's going to love him. Thank you, Kelly. It's true. You just you deliver. Have you ever played a bad guy? So going going well, so against type.
2: One of the Cobra Kai's. Yeah, that's, right.
3: <laughs> that's, right. well, that's, that's true.
2: That's, you know, that's true. and for some people, some people, some people thought of my character Alan Pincard and Head of the Class as a bad guy just because I played such a... I was like the Alex P. Keaton of head oh, of the class. Okay. I played that real full on, you know, Reaganite, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, Argyle sweaters, the ties. And some of the things that came out of my mouth were absolutely absurd. I was this, you know, Ronald Reagan loving, you know, staunch Republican, you know, and some of the things that came out of my mouth were pretty crazy. Maybe not as far as a Republican was concerned, <laughs> but. Um, Never really played like a real bad guy, bad guy. E- except for, like I said, the Cobra Kai guys. We were a bunch of, we were a bunch of punks who were really good at karate and, and picked on this one kid, you know. Um, but that was pretty much it. The rest of them were all pretty much the clean-cut, all-American mm-hmm. guy next door. Um,
3: to, to go from doing a sitcom and to be so astute with comedy and then also be able to handle drama... Um, Tell me about
2: that. I, I, don't, I think it's just something you, you get. Um, as an acting coach, uh, I see a lot of people. They can come into the room and they can handle drama great. Mm-hmm. Or they can totally get sitcom. To me, if they can get sitcom, it's very often I've seen people who totally get sitcom and get comedy. They can do drama. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who can come in and they can do drama and they can play real but they don't get sitcom or they don't get comedy. They're
3: not funny, yeah.
2: So I think that, it, that the comedy or the sitcom energy and pace, especially when you're dealing with like Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, that's a different feel. That's a different feel than like Mike and Molly or Two and a Half Men. That's more of a natural kind of sitcom. But then you know, it seems with the, with for kids, it's a little, it's more heightened, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's a little bit more of a different energy. But it's that. That comedy and that pace and rhythm, it's a music, and it's either something you get or you don't get.
3: So there's, is, would you say that there's a way to teach it, to teach the different things, or, is, or you, you sort of have to work with somebody's I think, natural ability? I think it's something
2: you can teach, whether they have the natural instinct or not, mm-hmm. but... Sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. Right, right. You you never know until you try. Right. You know?
3: It's, um... And
2: after an hour, you're like, uh <laughs> you're just not quite getting it. But you cheer them on because they're going in the room and they have to audition. So you don't want to completely flatten their spirit.
3: Right.
2: You, you know, you just want to build them up as much as you can and hope that they go in and something clicks.
3: Because that could happen. Yeah. That could absolutely happen. The pressure somehow works in their favor. And they just... Yeah. All of a sudden. The rhythm's it. there.
2: The timing's there. And they hear the laughs and they mm-hmm. play the laughs and, and it works.
3: Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that you're uh, quite a prolific coach. And could you tell us a little bit about your coaching?
2: Yeah. I started coaching, I think, after I finished head of the class. And I was doing a lot of voiceovers, um, you know, and hired for plenty of voiceovers. I still do a lot of voiceovers. I do parrots. I do, you know, crying babies. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I do crying babies. Uh, It's kind of bizarre. I never thought as a 40-year-old man or whatever age I am that I'd be doing a crying baby. Uh, And then I was on a set doing a voiceover and a producer who I work with a lot who produced out of the class. Um, had me doing a voiceover for him, and he said, you coach a lot. And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, we're thinking about having a coach on the show. It was For Your Love on in 97 with Holly Robinson, Pete, and James LeJure, and D.W. Moffat. And that was the first show that I actually coached on. From there, it went to um, Emeril Lagasse, the chef, had a a sitcom for about a minute. (laughs) I coached on that. From there, I went to the George Lopez show. I coached on George Lopez for... Uh, five years on George Lopez show. Then I did Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And then that's when I started uh, working more with, with uh, youth and kids and coached on Shake It Up for three years. So it's been a very interesting natural progression for me uh, to go from the acting to coaching. Um, I love it. Fortunately, I understand both drama mm-hmm. and I understand right. comedy having done right. head of the class. So it's, um, it's been a fun transition for me and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy teaching um, and passing on the things that we've been doing for all of these years.
3: That must be the real joy of it. And also you're, you're, doing, you're, you're practicing your craft every single day.
2: Yeah, I'm doing what I love. People say, well, you know, have you stepped away from acting or are you gonna do another series, another film? I say, I act every day. I may not be necessarily memorizing lines and doing it on camera every day, But I act every day.
1: That is awesome. And you're the perfect guy for it because you lived it. So you're... Going, they're going through what you went through. Absolutely. Much,
2: Absolutely. Analysis. And I'm glad I can pass that on to them and, awesome. and share experience with them.
1: That's awesome. Hey, we are at the end. Already? It happens so fast.
2: Oh, by the way, you can find me on Twitter.
1: We can find Tony on Twitter at, at Tony O'Dell.
2: Correct. And on that, at Tony O'Dell, on that page, I have my Facebook on there where people want to get a hold of me, uh, awesome. ask me questions or coaching or whatever. They can find me on Facebook.
1: And just Thanks. search Tony O'Dell. That'd be awesome. Well, thank you for being with us. This was really fascinating. Thank you,
2: guys, very much.
1: Thank you, Kelly. So for the great Tony O'Dell and the lovely Kelly Maroney, I'm Jerry McCarty. Join us next week at
0: Rick's Martini Bar. Let's swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined And the men have good taste A subtle joke, a touch of class in a tall martini glass. Let's swing them down to Ricky's Down.